welcome back. This is Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And we are really excited because we have two special guests that we were lucky enough to get on Good Moms, Bad Choices. And uh, We've been looking forward to this for months. Yes, we have. <laughs> We've been plotting on you. <laughs> um, so please welcome Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. Yes, thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you. Um, the bomb ass uh, parents, <laughs> king and queen of kink. <laughs> What's your title? Right. I don't know. I just, I just made that up. <laughs> the king and queen of king. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us your your handles, like your Insta handles and stuff. Okay. I'm at Jessica and Jasmine pretty much everywhere. Okay. At King Noir, K I N G N O Y R E. So we're really excited to have them because not only are they um, in the kink industry, the adult film industry, but they're also parents. They have their little baby. What's your baby's name? Majesty. Majesty here. I'm like, wait, well, I don't know the baby's name. <laughs> Eight-week-old Majesty is here in the next room, and you know, we love the kinky parent. <laughs> I sure do. And I, it's so funny because Jamila was actually the one that put me on to you guys, and this was like before I connected with him. Like, she was like, have you seen them? Have you seen them? Look how amazing, like, their lifestyle is. They are so open. And I was in Florida, and I happened to connect with him on, like, an app. And I was like, Jamila, is this, is this the same person? <laughs> I was like, it's Godsent. I was it's like, no. And I was like, how am I in Tampa? And Does he live here? I'm like, what the fuck? Were you on Tinder? Of course. She's, on, <laughs> she's, like, she's like, an app. An app. I was like, I noticed what how she, app? I noticed what how she like. What what am I, also, my followers know that I'm, like, the queen of Tinder. Erica okay. is the queen of Tinder. I, but I've retired recently. I'm kind of back on, but I had some bad experiences. You have the best. I Tinder had the best experiences. experiences. I, really I mean, have. shit, look, we have them here because of <laughs> yeah. Them, so. No, mean, it's true. You're Tinder, right. Tinder works very well for me for people who are looking for sessions, actually. So I'm sure. I get a lot of BDSM session bookings off of Tinder. Sessions. That's you know, but when I when I when he when we were talking, I asked him because I knew I was like, "What are you doing on here?" And he's like, "I this is how I get a lot of my work." What is BDSM? Bondage, dominance, sadism, masochism, okay. submissiveness. Okay, dominance. We're gonna ask there's, there's you a lot. There's a lot of ways that it's broken down. We're gonna ask you that a lot because even though we're both freaky parents, our terminology is not that on so okay. educate us please yeah i'm really sure. excited to be educated because we were looking up stuff and i was like wait what the fuck does that mean i was like well, don't i don't want to know i'm gonna ask them <laughs> um, um but yeah so that's how i i connected with king and i was like please can you be on my podcast and here we are that and was like in june yeah and she's like, she's like, he said yes, they're gonna come to LA. I was like, yes, I manifested this from Instagram. <laughs> when Instagram works in your favor, for real. <laughs> and we even had to slide in the DMs. <laughs> um, so how did you guys meet? Just like this on the radio show. On a radio show. Really? Mm -hmm. So you guys are both just happened to be on a radio show together. So I was hosting a show called The Emotion Picture, and we were doing a show about um, behind the scenes of porn looking at how people in porn have relationships or don't. And he was the guest on the show. And so, um, yeah. How long ago was that? It was like six, six years or seven ago. years ago, something like that. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Um, prior to this relationship, had you ever dated anyone in that industry? Or were you in that industry? Um, no, neither. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so the podcast you were on or the show you were on, I did have something to do with. Just that no, episode. That, that particular episode, we kind of just explored all things relationships and um, love and and yeah. So he was on that show. Cinnamon Love was on that show. His uh, segment was pre-recorded. So um, I was like driving across the bridge in Tampa, talking, interviewing him. Had no idea what he looked like. Didn't oh, know really? Anything. You were just like, just, oh, wow. Yeah. And then when the show aired, we had to find a picture. And you're like, like, advertise it. I was like, okay. Okay. Well, okay. all right. I'll do the follow-up on this one. <laughs> I'll do the further investigation. Thank you. Yeah. Are you guys both from Florida? No. Neither one of us. I'm Wait. from New York. Uh, what part? Queens. Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm from Jersey. Oh, okay. Oh, so not even far from each other. No, but I've been living in Florida for a really long time, and he's a newcomer down there. So, so like, you were already out there in Jersey? No. Then? Well, yeah, I was I was in Jersey. Uh, it's funny. I knew one of the other hosts for over like maybe 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Jasmine was working on building her own company, doing parties, teaching pole dancing, mm-hmm. and I was doing erotic touch massages and working, doing my own parties. So they kind of was like, hey, we should... Mm. Try and see if we can work. Right. We can work together or something like that. That's that's kind of what started all of it. Yeah. So prior to that, you weren't doing porn. Like there was no film. Oh no, I was I was doing porn. Oh okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing that, but it was at the time I was I was more focused on. I have a company. It's called Sensual Noir, Mm -hmm. and it's basically like when women go to like male strip clubs or whatever, they're usually created by men with men's perception of what they think women want. Mm-hmm. And it's usually what men want to do to women right. instead of what women want to experience. So I created Sensual Noir as a company that was catering to black black women. That's actually how I got the name King Noir. Okay. I just went by King, but people were like, yo, that's King from Sensual Noir, and it just became as, yo, that's King Noir. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was basically based on when women want to go out and let loose, have a good time, you know, if men want to go out to a strip club or like a massage parlor or something, it's boys will be boys, have a good time. If women do it, there's all this judgment that's that's attached to it. And I wanted to make a company that was just like women can go out, have a good time, enjoy themselves, or within the privacy of their own home, have an erotic touch massage or a fetish experience that then we'll just be like, this is what you want. You kind of like shape design. it and mold it and design it to what it is you want to experience instead of like, hey, you show up at this club and I throw my dick on your shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not... That's, that's not cool sometimes, I, but yeah, most, I mean, of time, <laughs> most of the time, I prefer you not to throw your dick on my shoulder. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like if that's part of the experience you want, you, want, right. you choose. You don't yeah. have to just show up and someone's like, hi, no choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> Magic mic up in here right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of how that started and we both looked at what each other was, was doing and was kind of like, yeah, we might be able to put right. these together. And that's how we came up with Fantasy Flight Parties. Right. What better way to have a woman's perspective than to right. And the same thing, that's what was happening with my events, is that we would, all the women would be sitting around and saying, like, you know, how do men want their dick to be sucked? I'm like, I don't know. This is working for me just yeah, Exactly. You know, questions like that. And... Um, like, you know, well, communicate with your partner, but I don't know how. And um, so it just worked out that, you know, we would be doing these parties and King would be doing the erotic touch in the back. And then when we had a question that we really needed a man's perspective, which the answer usually was every man is different. 
and women had a, were having a hard time realizing that. It's like, oh, no, all guys think the same way. But when they would actually hear it from a, a man, um, it's kind of like it sunk in a little bit better. So, yeah. That they believed him because he had Because he's mad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's almost like a double standard. Like, women... Most when when men kind of know women are a little bit different, and but mm-hmm. women we think men it's just a it's a pussy just put it in right or they just like their dick sucked yeah. or you know like there's no um, no nuance right, right. exactly mm-hmm. in that way yeah so that's we created the party and now we created baby oh <laughs> like, <laughs> well I think I think at a certain point also I had stopped doing films and doing web camp stuff as much because I was doing work in a community so then people at the parties would start to be like how come all porn is with black folk is so mm-hmm. stereotypical and it's just trash and it's just like they would pick up pick it all apart and just say like why are we always treated this way why do we never see mm. black people kiss on film mm. why is it there's no real kinky stuff with black folk unless it's also racist you know what i mean right like it was just artists. ebony yeah there that's true there are like it lacks levels a lot of black porn mm-hmm. see the, or, or you see a lot of interracial it's like yeah it's true i've never even thought about it but you're right like i see a lot of like beautifully shot porn with white people mm-hmm. and not ever with black people or if it is it's usually black on white right yep. yeah mm-hmm. it's never so would you guys say there's like discrimination within the porn industry sure. and absolutely on yeah. on many different levels mm-hmm. have you guys experienced that personally yeah. like yep. yep and that's why we have royal fetish films so that's just exclusive of your shit for yeah, you guys yeah. yeah we both we both shoot with other companies mm-hmm. if they contract Request. us to work mm-hmm. for them but it's like we get to turn down all that discrimination or the racist or the stereotypical shoots because like nah we can make what we want so if you're not making something that coincides with who we are mm-hmm. then we can stay away from it that's interesting because I um, live in the valley so I know a few porn stars myself mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not as any as like educational as you two <laughs> educated educated yeah before <laughs> that too um, I was told one time that a lot of times women or whatever people will shoot and then they'll get the footage and later they will never they, they can't say anything and won't be informed of the titles of the film so it could be like i've seen like nappy nappy black mm-hmm. bitch sucks cock or some shit but mm-hmm. the 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 like you don't once you sign that away once you film you have no say so and whatever they put mm-hmm. on that label so what we're we've been touring the adult industry for people of color um we've been doing that here in, in the uk um, really educating not just performers but also consumers of exactly what you're saying. Kind of like um, consumers can help break up that break up these stereotypes by asking for what we want to see. But a lot of times, like you said, like I didn't even think about that. We don't know what you know. It's just what's given to us, mm-hmm. and we think like maybe maybe black people that are in porn don't want to shoot sexy stuff. Like, and that's not true. It's just that the opportunity isn't available. Um, and then educating performers on going through that contract. Like, so for us, we were, you know, we won't sign a contract unless we know. Exactly. What right. Or, and if we can't have it exact, then we'll say, you know, no derogatory terms, no racial play, like all of those kind of things. And they don't have a business without our, our body. Oh, absolutely. So not. you don't have a contract without my input either. Right. Right. You know? No, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, this doesn't work without me. Right. I never, mm-hmm. I never. I mean, it's kind of almost like I hate to compare it to football, but like, it is. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like but I, but I think yeah. about that, like you know, I'm like, 
y'all need to just quit because they can't have a team without <laughs> right. y'all. Right. right. Okay. Just like you guys. Yeah. Like, well, we're, it's a dog. We're definitely the robot dog. <laughs> your robot dog is going crazy literally I see it moving it freaked the shit that shit freaked me out earlier I was cooking I have a robot dog that <laughs> well what does it do it, it's like a real dog okay, but no it's my 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 step well it is like a real dog my stepdad got my daughter that for Christmas like two years ago my daughter's three so now she's finally I just found it yesterday and I was like what's like Bust it out. And the shit's been scaring the shit out of me all day. I don't know how to control it. She showed me earlier, like, look, Jamila. She's like, I'm going to turn it on. It's going to find the charger itself because it's low. I'm like, oh, I'm. You got a housebreak that, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that I love when you turn that motherfucker off. <laughs> um, sorry. Anyway. No, you I mean, going back to what you said, I mean, porn, we are literally sexual sexual athletes. The same way uh, uh, yeah. Football players expected to perform on the field. We're expected to perform on film. A lot of times, you know, there's a lot of a lot of jokes within the industry. It's like, oh, I get to fuck on a bed today, you know, not like jagged rocks or <laughs> oh, God. a stairwell yeah, right. or you know what I mean, like all these all these crazy places. But you're still supposed to make it look beautiful and sexy easy, and easy yeah. and all this other stuff. But I mean, we within the industry, you run into just as much racism as you run into in everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, porn is just a microcosm of the larger society. And unfortunately, we, we live in a country where racism is pretty much widely and openly accepted. Right. So it's, it's the same it's the same thing within the industry. Um, I was working for this one. Uh, well, I didn't actually work for them. I was booked to work for this one company. Um, and basically, they had never had a black man on their site. Ever. I was going to be the first black man on their site. And it's called Asylum. It's supposed to be in an asylum. And they usually have doctors and orderlies. So for the first uh, black man that they were going to have on their site, me, they were like, hey, let's make him a janitor. Oh, no. So I was like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, what but, was that? Whose idea that, was this? That, they're that out company. of touch. Yeah. How out of touch could but, you no, be? They're, they're in touch. They know, they know what the fuck they're doing. doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not know? and. And they try to play it off like, oh, no, 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 it's not like that. But literally going through every single one of their scenes before they ever had a person of color or or, or a male of color on their site was always everybody was either an orderly or a doctor and i i personally like dr noir that shit has a real nice <laughs> you know, i thought right. it would be very nice right you know so actually what wound up happening we wound up uh one of the times when we were out actually out here in la we, we shot with a really really dope company called paraperv and collaborated with them and we were both sexy both demented yeah. doctors <laughs> and, uh, and that was actually that's that was actually one of one of our very popular mm-hmm. scenes. So, you know, like it's, it. it shows that people do want to see black people have sex in all different roles. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and that's the funny thing. It's not like, you know, we were going to be getting all deep into neuroscience or anything like that. We're going to fuck. <laughs> oh, right. like, why does it matter if I have a doctor's coat on? It's coming off. So it's just like so crazy that somebody can't see past mm-hmm. like black Man, doc, like right. you no. know what I mean? Like they just even couldn't even get in, past in their it. fantasy, right. they yeah. can't. So yeah. it's like we we still just as a society have a lot of, to, uh, of work to do, and I think that that's one of the things that we're doing through porn. You know, it's like in every single aspect. Unfortunately, when you black, you are the first black person to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. No matter how crazy it might seem or menial or whatever the however people kind of divvy all the work up but 
you still going to be the first one. And as the first one, there's a whole lot of shit that you got to take for Thank it. Too, yeah. But owning your own and putting out positive images of yourself in ways that, you know, people can reflect. And it's like, yo, to be able to bust your nut and not have to feel racism at the same time right. is a free <laughs> experience, yo. Like, for real. Yeah. That's, I mean, I appreciate you guys because I hadn't even considered that. So I'm happy that you're doing the work in that industry because it is definitely racist. Even I'm just, I don't even, I'm not even a huge masturbator or porn voyeur, but like now that I think about it, like going through those categories, I'm that bitch why. for pages. Right. Like, what the right. fuck? I don't want to see this shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a big deal. I do watch porn and I, it's so crazy because you know, like we're both pretty pro black, but I've never like, I don't know how, for some reason, my brain, like, doesn't go there with porn. Like, it just... You don't think about I don't it. think about... I don't get outraged. But really, I should be. Like, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow. That's like, there shit. isn't a lot of, like, black love in porn. There isn't a lot of, like, you know, people in p- powerful positions in porn. I mean, in, like, playing, playing people mm-hmm. in power, powerful positions. But we've positions. come to accept that. Because it's in our regular media, too. Right, so, right, right. So how, know. yeah, it's almost like yeah. you accept that. But so. I also... But I feel like it's in our regular media, but I feel like... We we have there is a there's been a shift and there is been there's recently. been a shift recently yes recently of course there's racists but there's the racists feel more comfortable being racist than ever at this point you right. know what I mean but I just mean like there's powerful there's women that are in powerful positions there's black men that are in powerful positions more so than there were twenty years ago oh for sure yeah. and so it just I just it just it just dawned on me that I never like equated that to porn like I just kind of like mm-hmm. oh well it's porn and I'm not right. even thinking about I it I think because. Porn is still one of those markets that, you know, there's there's shame that some like people hush, have. That too. Like, there's there the maybe hush, that's hush what aspect it is. of it. And so, like, literally, porn is the only industry I can think of. And we talk about this in, in, our, in, our, in our series. Like, you can literally show up as a director and be like, I'm not working with any black women today. Mm-hmm. You right. can literally say that on set and be like, okay, you know, and rock with it. But if you work for, I don't know. Viacom, and you show up and you say that shit, you're gonna get fired. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So, right, no, it's true. Right, right. But, mm-hmm. but there's, it's, there's, is there nobody, <laughs> there's no like policing in porn, or how, is, how no. does that work? But it's when you think about sex and you think about how, like, even going back to what you said, like, about, about athletes, about how the black body is perceived and how it's devalued, right. and we're just a vessel. Mm-hmm. So it's like sexually, we're a vessel. A black man is usually perceived as this dick that's there to please a white woman, even if it's the white man watching that black, black man please that white woman. Right, right. You know, um, black women are usually perceived as 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 lesser. So, like, there's this one series called We Fuck Black Girls. You know, like as if like that somehow is something different than having sex with other women. You know right. what I mean? And usually the black women are extremely disrespected. There's this one where they like put Confederate flags on them. Oh, shit. no. You know, so. If, What's wrong with if, these black women? Oh, my God. Trying to get a check and turn in the other cheek yeah. and shit. God damn. So it's like if you if you have an industry oh where, that's, where that's Allowed. widely accepted. <laughs> right. And people look at it like, even if people are like, oh, well, it's a joke. You know, like that's that's not funny. No. You know what I mean? So yeah. So let, let's talk about just what you said. Um, so what's wrong with these black women, right? Um, so when you go to a set, sometimes you don't know what you're shooting, right? And then, like you said, there's a, there's a contract, you know, um, that you have to sign. But even let's say you get all the way to the end and then they drape the Confederate flag, and you're like, well, no, no, not doing that. You have to pay a fee for killing that shoot. 
Oh, so it comes out of your check. What that check? Shit is probably there's, there's no check yet. Yeah. There's no check uh, yet. Yeah. You already breached the contract. You, you didn't right. do it. And so you and you've, to, you've just you've just performed all these sexual things, and then right. at the end they're like, and we won't pay you. So you're gonna do this? And, no, and you're gonna pay us for wasting our time. Oh, no. So not everybody is in the industry because you know they want us like you know for us one it's enjoyable. Um, two, we want to bring a different look, a different feel. You know, our intentions aren't solely financial, but if, like, if that was how I had to take care of my family, this is a part of my budget. This shoot is in my budget, and now I'm gonna be under. Like, I'm just gonna maybe hope that nobody sees, sees this it. Shit. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So, um, so it's really difficult. You know, people say like, well, people need to stop doing, you know, doing scenes that degrade us or what have you. Um, it's a hard choice to make. When you got well, because yeah. you feel like you don't have a choice. Almost yeah. like you're. I'm sure they make you feel like, well, you're not going to work again anymore, or this or that. Right. Like well, those, yeah, those you famous stories well. about like mm-hmm. Bojangles or performers in the vaudeville circuit, where you were black and you still had to wear blackface if you wanted to perform and sing because you love to sing. Right. You know, so it's unfortunate. It's like I mean, in hip hop. You know, there's so many rappers that if you actually spoke to them, you'd be like, wow, you smart as hell. Right. You graduated college and you talk like that on the record. Mm -hmm. Every other word is nigga this, nigga that, but you have an extensive Mm -hmm. vocabulary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's what white folks want to hear and that's what sells. So that's what you do. That's what they're going to cut you a check for. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And that's deep. That's that's the, the and that's why I say porn is just a microcosm. Of so it's like things that we have to confront on every single field of, of play or you know, we don't get any progress anywhere. So be good consumers of porn. Purchase it if you watch it. And, you know, if there's a company that you really like, just ask them, email them, um, and ask them to see black people doing other things. Or, you know, like, I really love the quality of your shoes. It would be great if you, and, you know, wherever your fantasies can take it. Mm. So, yeah. I never thought about that. I'm going to do that. Awesome. <laughs> Dear. <laughs> um... Okay, so I have another question. So obviously, you guys kind of met in somewhat in this industry already. Um, what, like, how does that affect your relationship? Are you guys like have an open relationship? Are there insecurities because of it? Because of the nature of your work? Like, how does that? Do you have rules around your? Because like I I know I've seen like stuff with you and her and you and other women. Do you uh, like have play with other men? Yeah. um do you guys have agreements surrounding that or how does that work so we we met in the industry so that that's one it's like you know we're not gonna in some form of the industry and we've i've developed like my role in the industry through our relationship so that's not an issue our our work stuff and um, we also came into our relationship me exploring different styles of relationships and King was already established as polyamorous. So um, no surprises there. And Is this your first polyamorous relationship? It is. Too, you know, it's really interesting. I think I've been kind of in um, living kind of alternative lifestyles with within monogamous relationships for a long time. But never knowing, like, what was happening or what I was missing or, um, or even thinking, like, gosh, like, I'm going to be with this person forever. 
ever. Uh-huh. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I guess I could do it. Right. You know, um, <laughs> but thinking those thoughts were really, really natural for women to have, um, or just for people to have, like you know, oh, this is just like maybe cold feet or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then meeting him, meeting other people in lifestyle, experiencing different things that I was like, oh. You know, no, it's like you shouldn't feel that way. If you feel that way, then maybe you need to be either with the wrong person or there's another style of life, um, another lifestyle that may work for you. So for me, I don't really consider myself polyamorous. I don't um, I don't have that yearning to like love lots of people in a very, very strong, intimate way. I am more like to play with other people mm-hmm. um, and even more so to work with other people. Um, I get totally turned on by the fact that we make money um, being with other people. So that's kind of like my big thing. And can you can explain yourself better than I can. <laughs> I definitely get the turn on from, from the money aspect as well. But I've been poly ever since I was probably as far back as I can remember. I was never the jealous type, and I kind of always go back to this relationship I had in high school where my girlfriend, she was exploring primarily with her bisexuality, and she was kind of like, I don't know how to tell you this or whatever, and I was like, go out, have fun, do you, you know what I'm saying, like, male or female, if you're attracted to somebody, like, I want you to be happy, so get to know them, and then... Off of that, she was just kind of like, cool. So she started like bringing her friends to me, like, you should hang out with with, with my man because he's real cool like that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I've always um, enjoyed getting to know new people and like just my capacity for being able to talk <laughs> to different people or manage relationships has always been more vast than other people I know. Um, the swinging stuff I got started with real early because, I mean, I got involved in this industry when I was legally able to do so, so since I was 18. So I was kind of like, not that it was just like all just poured on me at once, but as different parts of it opened to me, like I really, my first real experiences with it was through like cuckolding, which at the time... You know, you're like 18 and Wait, you're trying to explain. I need to educate me, please. <laughs> educate our listeners. <laughs> cuckolding is when uh, a man likes to watch his wife with another man. Got it. Okay. So there are different levels and extremities to it, though. Like sometimes it's because that man feels inadequate. Sometimes it's because that man just really likes watching his wife be pleased. So sometimes they'll join in. Sometimes they watch from afar. For me... It was primarily because, like, I've always just been very dominant. So it was more like men who wanted to be belittled or humiliated as I was with their wife. Mm. So, you know, I I got my first work in the industry doing that. And that kind of led me into the BDSM stuff and the bondage and, and dominance and submission and all of that. And at the time, like, trying to explain it to my friends who are just kind of like, you know, doing the basic 18-year-olds, trying to holla at chicks. Just trying to get a nut. <laughs> they did, <laughs> they did <laughs> want to do that too, though. They're you know what I'm saying? It scared the shit yeah, out of them. Right, they were you like, can't perform when told. They were like, what? What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Is that my dog again? No. 
I think it might be the TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> or I should tell Not by yelling at your dog. <laughs> Sit. Sit. <laughs> your dog has him tied up. <laughs> His name is Chip, guys, okay? Uh, okay. How appropriate. Um, uh, robot dog holding him hostage. It reminds me of that Janet Jackson video back in the day, remember? She's like in Tokyo. She's like, no. Okay. No. <laughs> so was that? I didn't have cable. Are you sure it was on screen? Are you sure it's not? No, it was like... It's not Michael and her no, in the futuristic her world? No. Okay, I don't know, bro. Sorry. I'm, I'm pulling that shit up when they leave. Okay. Um, okay, so my, that brings me to another question because I had this conversation with somebody briefly over the weekend. It was somebody I didn't know, and she was kind of young, and like immediately when she made the comment, I was like, eh, never mind. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I oh, – I don't know if I was like, I had to go back because I, I drove up north this weekend for like two days, and I drove back. I had a client up there, and my best friend was up there, but – um. I don't know if I was mentioning, like, I'm, we're interviewing this really cool couple, blah, blah, blah. And it was, like, a friend of a friend. And she basically made a comment about, like, to the effects of, I feel like certain people, oh, like, people in the porn industry or, like, sex industry, something's wrong with them. They're, they have something wrong with them. They, you know, like, they've experienced some type of... Um, trauma. Trauma. Um, obviously, I'm not in the porn industry directly. But but it immediately rubbed me the wrong way because I've always been a very sexual woman, <laughs> even as a girl. Like I remember, like I, I've I've always like I've always been really open. I love people. I love like I just genuinely love people. It doesn't matter like man or woman, but if like souls connect, they connect, and that could be on different levels. Intimately, like sexually, like attraction has a lot of different, you know, Large spectrum. So I was like. For a brief moment, I saw myself, like, getting irritated and engaging in conversation with this, like, 25-year-old girl. But then I was like, I don't need to say that. I'm not ageist. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to say, like, excuse, like say it because she's 25, but you know what I mean. But um, I was just like, not necessarily. Like, I understand where you're coming from. I do know a lot of, like, strippers who've had a dark past, a lot of lesbians who maybe have been, like, had trauma. But that's, you know, some people are comfortable in what they do, and that's just how they choose to explore, you know, like. Just because you're not comfortable with it and it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't necessarily make it feel like, you know, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with everybody who has, you know, a, a sex positive perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, have you, how do you deal with people who have, like, limited and closed-minded perspectives or, you know, label you, you must, or, like, or has there been some trauma or something that you think, like, directly, because for a long time, I have close-ass friends who would tell me, like, I mean, you know, I was in my 20s, I probably was fucking way too much for no reason, but, like, <laughs> you know, like, maybe there might be something wrong, I'm maybe trying to fill a void, I don't know, but <laughs> at least I considered it, I was rationalizing with myself, right. but being, like, the, uh, like, socially, you know, there's 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 judgment and there's labels put on people who who are sexually comfortable. And even with my closest friends, even until now, I sometimes I try to explain to them certain experiences I had because I'm like, this is a good story. And they're like, oh, you know, Jamila's, you know, maybe you need to look like relax and sit and meditate. <laughs> I'm like, this was my choice and I wanted to do it because it was fun. Um, so like how like, because I, I I've literally had to sit with myself and be like. Have I, has anything happened to me? <laughs> Do I need to have like a, rev a revelation or an epiphany, something I, I've like harbored deep down in my toes that I can't remember and that's why I'm this fucking... But like, what, what is your experience with that? Like, So let's talk about this. Um, <laughs> so my background, I'm a therapist. Okay. By oh, trade, okay. yeah. I'm currently practicing, I'm licensed to practice. So... You're um, practicing just in this like 
with sexual, like sexual? No, everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So from, you know, general anxiety to serious trauma, um, the whole gamut. People have trauma, traumatic experiences, you know, in general, there are, um, there's no high propensity in this industry than that industry. You know, it's, I mean, you, that person is making a really drawing a picture with a really, really, really broad stroke. Um, there are definitely people in the industry that are probably more open to talking about their trauma because, um, you will find that in this industry, people that have traumatic experiences have used porn or the sex, sex work to empower themselves, to take back control of their sex, sexuality, things that may have been um, violated as young adults, what have you. But I don't, I don't know what the rape statistic is or the sexual assault statistic. It's like, you know, like one, let's just say like one in 10 women have had some type of sexual inappropriate advance towards them. Um, not one in 10 women are in the porn industry. So, and again, don't take those numbers. I'm just kind of drawing, you know, drawing a picture here that um, just as many women in the porn industry are just as many women at your local community college that have, you know, had mm -hmm. some type of trauma. So to suggest that, it's just wrong. Um, but, you know, when we do talk to, and I do a lot of therapy for people that are in the industry or in the lifestyle because they feel comfortable, like they don't have to, they could tell their good story. And I'm like, yeah, like yeah, that's a right. good story. You're not being judged. Right. Like um, being judged. And, you know, they'll say that being in the industry has allowed them to have sex on their own terms or, um, you know, the things that maybe they were shamed about, uh, you know, not even having trauma, just people like yourself that have a high sexual appetite. There's no quota on how much sex you're allowed to have, you know. There's if you not, do it past this many, then you yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there really is no, there's no number, but because we're just told to keep that number low, whatever, and we don't even know what low is. Right. Um, then you have this shame that's put on you, you know, and so then you're like, you know, is something wrong with me? And you're functioning. I'm assuming that you're gainfully employed. Your children are well taken care of. Right. They look beautiful. Your skin looks good. So you're taking care of yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that that number is so arbitrary. It's just like placed on you by society. So I think that um, people have that idea that people who have more sex or people that are don't care, you know, um, don't care what people think. Something must be wrong oh, with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where that idea comes from. But without a doubt, you know, just like if we were saying like, well, accountants, I hear accountants, you know, have high levels of sexual side, like, yeah, you know, and there's must be something wrong with them to want to play with numbers all day. Maybe <laughs> something that happened to them when they were younger, you know, um, but as far as my, my own experience, I've definitely have, um, and it's sadly, I can say like most women have had some type of um, inappropriate sexual contact, advanced, um, non-consensual sexual um, event that happened to me. That's not why I went into the industry. I got into the industry after well, I was well into my 30s. Um, I think those traumatic events have showed themselves in other ways. But I've been, you know, as a therapist, I've also believed in going to therapy. So I've handled that stuff the way that people should, kind of a more traditional model. And I still find porn and the, the adult industry and adult entertainment to be exciting and fun. And I don't feel like I'm drawing on it based on those experiences or because of those experiences. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I think if... Uh, 
if you looked at it like everyone in our industry, like porn does not have some sort of like lock on people who've experienced sexual trauma. You know, if you just look at people who've experienced sexual trauma and all those people were in porn, there'd be no one to watch it because we'd all be in it. Right. That's <laughs> true. You know, um, it's it's unfortunate that people do at the same time, you know, like what we what we come to now know as like slut shaming. Mm-hmm. Um usually it's because they themselves feel that they can't get out of their box or they're ashamed of what they do behind closed doors. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, damn, I wish, I, I mean, I really throw it down. I wish I could do it on camera too, but, you know, I don't have that confidence or my family or how I look at myself will change. So, you know, I don't I don't think that there's any more, but I definitely agree with what Jasmine said, that there are so many people in our industry who are comfortable in their own skin, that they're willing to share their story because they feel like their story can help others. And I think it's the same with most artists, period. You know, like if you speak to people who are musicians, they're willing to share a lot of traumatic stories with you because they're in touch with that part of themselves and also look at what they do as art as a way to overcome their trauma. Right. It's liberating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even for us, this podcast, mm-hmm. the first thing I asked her, like, bitch, how long does she want to be? You know, mm-hmm. um, because we are moms, and that's a whole different thing. Like, your mom, you can't behave that way. You're not <laughs> supposed to have that much sex, you mm-hmm. know. And there's like all these, like, especially for women and moms, and you know. So um, I, I found that through like being honest and you know telling my business, I'm like, I feel better <laughs> about it. Yeah, right? maybe somebody somewhere will be like, you know, I don't feel as bad about the shit mm-hmm. I did last week. Um, but another question, because I heard you say, um, wait, I have a question okay, because. Sorry. I don't think we got to get to the question that you actually asked them before, which I'm interested in is when we talked about you've got your guys' relationship, mm-hmm. how do you deal with, do you, I mean, I'm mean, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm not assuming, let me just not frame the question this way. Do you guys experience any sort of insecurities and how do you deal with them? Like, what are the rules of your openness? Mm-hmm. Do you, like, if he came home after having his, like sex with somebody else, do you guys talk about it or is it just like, you know what happened and we're going to take a shower and go to late, go to sleep? We always take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> that is the rule. We're so, we're so different. And I think that we're yeah. both very different in the opposite way than people think. Yeah. Like, like if she if she goes out with somebody, I'm like, oh, give me all the details, please. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> shit, like, no. that shit turns me on. It turns me on. You know, like, especially I think also because, like, especially when we first started, because this was some, like a lifestyle I had been living, like, I'm like vicariously living through her first experiences all over again. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, what happened? Like, yo, tell me all about it. She's like, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we do have certain rules that, that we set and those rules can change over time in one way or another, you know, um, the main one that we have is being open and honest with one another, even if it makes the other one of us uncomfortable. I think one thing that I always say is that um, jealousy is a natural human emotion. Envy is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And it's funny because there have been times when Jasmine has been with other people sexually and none of it has remotely made me as jealous as when she had this friend and they went to the gym together. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? Rich, because I was like, but I want to go to the gym though. But she'd be like, 
but you don't go to the gym until nighttime, and I like to work out in the morning. Like if hey, like at five in the morning, you're like hey girl, you're yeah. like, fuck her. Look, I'm up. I'm terrible at five in the morning. I'm still up from the last night right. at five in the morning, so I shouldn't be at the gym. But it's but but that's true. It's just like the things that can make us jealous of somebody else. We always make it like it's this sexual thing and this, that, and the other. Like, I love when she's pleased, whether whether it's through me, whether it's through someone else. Whether, and it doesn't always have sexual. Sex, sex isn't the only things that thing that pleases us in life, mm-hmm. you know. So I just love seeing her happy. I love knowing that she's content with life and living her best life. Like that legit makes me happy, and that's what I want for her because that's what I feel love is. To me, love isn't like. You got to do everything in your life with me or that shit ain't worth nothing. You know what I mean? Like, that, to me, that's not love. That's control. Yeah, you know? it's caging. Um, mm-hmm. it's exactly. Ownership. So it's like when you when you do get these natural feelings of, of jealousy, like, we're all going to have them. Whether you have an open relationship or you're completely monogamous or whatever different levels you have. But usually it's about your own shit. And mine was like in that situation, it was just like, I really enjoy working out with her because she's really she she pushes me. She tells me like, "Yo, your I can't form, believe that this, is, form this is, is a breaking off. point. Your <laughs> form is off and shit. You know what I mean? Like she's good. Like my boys don't care about the form is off. <laughs> they don't care about that I'm shit. Me off of my shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like in that particular situation, I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'm not waking up at five in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not going to happen. So maybe she'll help me in other ways. And it's it's more about myself than something she's doing because it's not like she was sneaking off to the gym with mm-hmm. her friend. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, no, but I mean, and it's, to me, this is always a good example when I speak to people who are like, yeah, I want to try an open relationship or my first threesome or this or that or the other. Like, you're going to have a moment where you are like, I don't know. You know what I mean? You're going to have that moment. But it's like, how do you process that moment? How do you work through that moment? And how do you benefit from it in the sense of like, how do you use it to strengthen your relationship instead of break up over a fucking gym membership? Mm. You know what I mean? Facts. So. Preach. Oh. Hallelujah. Sex. I think I found my tribe. <laughs> For um, me, I mean, yeah, I get jealous. Um, but it, it usually has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's because... Of something I'm not doing. So, like, uh, maybe a couple of times if, like, he, like, went out on a date and I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're going somewhere? Yeah. that I mean, and, and I'm like, well, why do I care so much? Like, I knew he was going. I, I don't feel th- I don't feel like my relationship is threatened. But it's because I'm bored. And, like, this is who I would hang out with, you know? So, so it would be, you know, reasons like that. Um some it's not it's definitely not an insecurity. I don't think that we could be in our relationship if we didn't have confidence in ourselves and each other and in the relationship. But um, you know, there are some people who don't really want the best for our relationship or don't understand mm-hmm. open relationships, and that kind of can get um, that can get a little annoying and taxing. And sometimes, you know, um, we won't we'll see it for for the other person. So. You know, it'll be someone who's making some really funky moves and he'll be excited because like, oh, you know, this person is, you know, really good looking and um, we have a great rapport. And I'm like, "Mm, she's moving a little funny. 
You know, but then it's kind of like, well, is it because it's someone else? I'm like, no, I don't think it's that. And so sometimes we have to let these things play out. Mm-hmm. So you're like, told you that bitch was being funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, usually, you. You, but you know what the nice thing is? Is that he'll come and he'll say, you were right. right. You know, and I, I saw it for myself. And the same thing with me. Like, you know, he'll say, like, don't you think it's a little interesting that this person, you know, didn't say hello to me. Like, uh-huh. how, why would you do that? Right. We are we're, a unit. Yeah, we're a unit. It's obvious we've discussed this, but they try to throw shade. Mm-hmm. Um, so those type of things, you know, people get really focused on, like, what do, about us? Sometimes the external factors that are a little bit more challenging than just, like, what he and I think about, you know, our relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, like, at this point, I've always believed, like, fool's fall. You know, like if you stand for something, if you stand for love, you stand in that relationship, like you'll you'll be able to work through anything because you're standing on a on a strong foundation. And our foundation is strong. So it's it's way more like it's funny. People have a less less of a reaction to me being in porn than they do it to me being in an open relationship. That's true. Like porn is normal. They were like, and not even that it's normal, porn to them, they just be like, oh, that's some other shit. Right. You know what I mean? But when it's an open relationship, they then look at Jasmine as an adversary instead of, like, we try to build something. You know? Yeah. She ain't, Jazz is understanding of my lifestyle. I'm understanding of Jasmine's lifestyle. So if someone else is in the mix or whatever, like, we're not enemies. We're, we're a family. We're yeah, a we, yeah. We, we. But most, but most, like, most, most people What's going on with you and Jasmine? Like, are, are y'all okay? That's what people probably think. Like, well, we're no, but I'm I'm talking about people who are interested in one of us. Right. Usually, those the those people they before it ever even escalates to anything of of worth, they already done shot themselves in both feet and both knees mm-hmm. because because they're like, you know, just as Jazz said, like maybe. A woman is is approaching me, talking to me, but you don't speak to Jasmine, or or they won't say like like um, how is she yeah Jasmine? exactly you know or you're like, like how was your day how are your kids well there you go know. <laughs> yeah. that's a part of my life well, I like, yeah. how's your kids? if you genuinely they, care about all me. around her right how's your kids how's your mom well, how's your you friends know, how's your right, but like, really competitive again and and we, we don't we don't lift each other up and so i probably i would assume is that a lot of the women that maybe approach him are you know it's kind of like a competition to them i feel like oh yeah. maybe i could take him you know it becomes like mm-hmm. does he really love like her let me test the limits let me test right. him to see if he'll stand like for her, and that's where but, I, but so I think dudes, dudes yeah. try the same shit. No, exactly. I think, of course, like because I think we did an episode about open relationships and just the idea of ownership, and people want right. to own you, right? And mm-hmm. they just can't understand that mm-hmm. you guys don't own each other, but you right. guys still love each, each other, other, and you've chosen each other. And it's just like I think it's just it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea or just a lifestyle because even for me like I uh I came I was in a relationship for seven years and throughout those seven years I wanted to have sex with other people and I spoke to him about it and it just never came to be Mm -hmm. later to find out that he was having relations with many people and I was like well damn nigga like I told you (laughs) like and now I don't want to do that with you Mm because now I don't trust you so then leading out of that like I'm like, okay, I want to be, I think I have to be in an open relationship. I can't imagine. You're also wildly jealous. 
But that's I'm not I'm jealous. But I'm not. You're probably jealous because someone you didn't have someone liked the lie. That, but I can't even say that though because even with my last situation, my I just was dating someone else. Was the first person I've dated since that relationship, and we have had a very open relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I asked him, "Have you had sex with someone?" Yeah, I've had sex with someone. Cool, and there was no argument about it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I really enjoyed that. But I also realized my how attached to my ego I was, Mm -hmm. and like. I was like, I would, I would get, it would hurt me a little bit, but then I was like, well, I'm glad that I have a choice. Like, he's not robbing me of my choice. Like, right. he's telling me what he's doing, and I can either choose to stay here or I can choose to walk away. And I, and I realized from that situation that I have to kind of lead every relationship, at least yeah. for me, like that, because I want to confront my jealousy, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be jealous. And I realize it's more than just jealousy. It's really my ego. I realize a lot of it has to do with my ego. Like, oh, well, what is she doing that I can't do? Well, why? What's so? What's so great about her? And yeah. I'm like, what? this is this woman is not my enemy. No, like it has nothing to. And do you're not with, in competition, right? It has nothing to do with her and everything to do with me. Mm-hmm. And I think once once you've been able to open yourself up like that, like you guys have, I mean, it must feel like freedom, honestly. Like it, it, it does. It reminds me of when we. We're do when we were doing our parties all the time. I mean, we still do fantasy flight parties. Make sure you book one. Everybody out there in podcast land. No, yes. Um, <laughs> but when party. when we do when we do our fantasy flight parties, one of the questions mm-hmm. I would get would be that like what what is it that this woman does that I don't do like? And I remember one time you asked the ladies like, how many of you have looked at your own vagina, right? And hardly anybody. Mm-hmm. said that they had right and so then i'm asking like you've been with more than one man were all their dicks exactly the same hell no mm-hmm. so why do you think every vagina is the same right. you know and it's like this whole thing that it i just got a message recently from a woman who's trying to figure out a, a situation with a partner and it's just like maybe she's not doing something different maybe it it's it's not the feel or whatever it's just People are different, mm-hmm. and nobody is the same, whether it be inside, outside, emotionally, anything. And if that person is looking for something else, it doesn't always mean that it's an affront to you. But once they're dishonest about it, mm-hmm. they fucked up, mm-hmm. and that and that's the bad part about it. I have it. an example of that. So early on in our relationship, um, the birthday sex lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, there was a a lady that he shares the same birthday with, and they would kind of hook up um, around their birthdays. And so she <laughs> likes, she's also the anal lady, right? No. Oh, well, she was around January, too. <laughs> anal <laughs> lady, birthday sex yeah. lady. <laughs> I, I like naming them. Um, so this there was one woman that she likes anal sex. I don't. I, I am not in love with it. Like, you know, I'm getting familiar with it. But love it? Like, no. And that's something, like, he should be able to try. I mean, if I was a guy and I had a dick, like, I mean, I've done strap-on scenes, and it's really awesome to do it. But, like, to receive it, not, it doesn't work for that way for me. So, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, damn, like, she can take it up the ass, and I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Try harder. Yeah. (laughs) Then I was like, I don't want to try harder. (laughs) I don't like it. I mean, I don't hate it, 
but I don't love it. And we know, you know, we talk about like with sex, it feels so much better if you are enjoying what you're doing. So who am I to stand in between him and her ass? (laughs) Right? So I'm not going to be in competition with with that. Um, There's other women that he's dated, like the one that likes to play like basketball and boxing. And she's like low-key, like... You know, she's like the gym, like the gym lady was, you know, to, to me. I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to. I'm not juggling. No, I don't want to spar with you. That's, <laughs> I don't want to fuck. I don't want to. Right. That's not fun for me. But right. it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with me because I don't want to do those things. And there's nothing wrong with him for wanting to to want to do those with a woman. Um, I like to. I like to Zumba. Right, so that's my. That's my. I love. I love it. It's like okay, you know, I can't like dance anymore. Like I don't want to go late out or out late at night dancing, so I can get like a little taste of like loud music and movement. Um, You got your zumba guy. Got yeah, I got a couple of them. Yeah, right. He won't. I asked him. You want to go to? Zoom? He's like, no, I'm not doing that. It just looks crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, babe, I'm not zooming again. Yeah. And who is he to stand in between me and my Zumba? Yeah, I guess right. it's guess, I guess it's kind yeah. of understanding that you're never going to be everything to yes. everyone. Yes, and and that's why I like this relationship because I don't want to be. I don't feel obligated to try. It's too much, and being um, I think like this style of relationship is really good for women that are a little bit older, have children, have businesses, have a lot of responsibility that, um, and maybe don't you know just don't want to be everything to every single person because there are times in my life where I feel like, you know, this kid needs something, that kid needs something, my job needs something, my family needs something, my man needs something. But if everybody could get a little bit of their satisfaction independently, then I can also. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I have a lot more questions. I, I got a lot of questions. I know. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> pertaining to this topic. Okay. So I, I know you mentioned like birthday, anal girl, like how, <laughs> how, like... That's an awesome superhero name, though. Anal girl? Anal girl. <laughs> anal birthday girl. <laughs> she comes on your birthday. <laughs> she comes on your birthday. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um, has there, or is there currently, like, on either side or together, like, a long-term person that you're everybody's cool with, you, you res- like, respects the relationship, respects you, you guys know, maybe you guys do stuff together, maybe not, but it's, like, a consi- like, have you maintained a consistent, like, girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever girlfriend outside of your relationship? And are there rules, and are there rules around that? Like, if, 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 if she had a boyfriend that had been around for, like, the last five years, but he was totally respectful, he totally cool with you, he came to Christmas, like... How is that okay? Is that okay? Or or is it like it, it, I, I, it would, would be. be okay? It would be. Okay. Um, unfortunately, like for example, we had we had somebody that we both played with a little bit. I was dating her more, mm-hmm. but she had a primary partner that, in one instant, she ruined it for all of us because she said something to the effect of she was gonna do something that was not really permitted in their relationship with her primary partner. And you guys, nobody was and, okay with that. And, well, for us, it just deaded it. Like, for us, it killed it for us because we were like, well, that's your person. Right. What you going to do for us? Right. You know what I mean? How you going to treat us? Right. So right. So it was if you're, like you're being dishonest downhill with your person, from there, right. you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's been one of the issues that we've had because both of us, like, 
a woman like Jasmine, for most men, is super intimidating. You know, she runs her own business. I'm talking about she like not hit my bed. She runs her own business. She's a mom, like on some super mom shit. Very dedicated to her family. Runs her own practice. So not just one business, Multiple. but like three, you know? So automatically for most men, it's like, they want to step in and be like, well, I want to take care of your yeah, whole situation. Like, and when are you going to settle down? Yeah, and tell, <laughs> tell you what, you, what you're going to do, even though, you know, I might not, the dude might not even make as much money as you or whatever, trying to stop you from making yours. Or, you know, so like, I feel like we run into that with certain men who, when they approach her, their approach is just wow off. If you need to stop and take a break. No, I'm okay. So that, that's one thing. And then, on my side of things, a lot of the women who approach me are trying to do the same dumb shit women were trying to do before I was even with somebody, which has changed me from who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't want to be saved. I'm good at hoeing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm very good at it. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they'll try to step in and be like, you sure you want to do this porn stuff? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's working really well for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like... As I transition into just being a business owner, I'm still going to be doing what I do. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just kind of like that is a turnoff. So we don't really run into people, especially if they're more on the vanilla side of things, who can even wrap their heads around what we do. Right. And then take the, take the porn and the kink and all that shit out of it just as business owners and people who like for both of us we are turned on by people who like to work and go get their shit and, and, and hustle. Right. Like, that's one of the things that attracted us to each other was, yo, we hustle. Right. You know, so, I don't know, the pickings get slimmer and slimmer. Right. Yeah. If you're out there and you don't like to hustle, that's okay. <laughs> we can use a domestic. Can you clean? Can you, can you clean and cook? babysitting skills? Yes. Can you help the children read? <laughs> Speaking of children and family and all that, can you explain to our listeners what sex positive parenting is? Sure. So, sex positive parenting is really just being able to have open communication with your children about sex. It's protecting your children from outside influences that educate them or miseducate them about sex, um, supporting them through their sex and sexuality journey, and also having good sex even though you have children. Like you having good sex or the... Yes. You got the, the parents, parents still continuing okay. to be able to have good sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your children are having good sex, I hope that they are they are doing it from a pleasure-based standpoint. And that is sex-positive parenting as well. It's like teaching our kids, not shaming them for having sex, you know, making sure that they're prepared if that is the route that they're going and that it is pleasure-based, not pressure-based. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's so interesting you say that because I was listening. I was listening to this TED talk, and they were talking about um, in I guess it's in like the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. The, uh, that's a, like the 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 women out there, and just in society out there. I guess they talk about sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, versus America, because America is like so like shameful when it comes right. to sex. But they they teach they start talking about sex at such a young age with their with their mm-hmm. with their girls and their fat boys, but specifically their girls, teachers, doctors, parents that. It is pleasure based that they know what they want. They know that they don't want that. And in America, like I mean, at least 
I mean, from I mean, adults I, don't know. I think right. I think it wasn't until maybe like in the last, I think in like maybe seven, six, seven years that I really started having sex for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like of course I had pleasurable sex, but my I wanted to please the man I was having mm-hmm. sex with, and if I didn't, I felt like I failed. Mm-hmm. You know, and. It's just, it's just crazy that we don't teach our kids about that. I mean, I don't know like, when the right time is, too. I don't know if there is a right time. Um, there is. It's now. It's right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you want to start at least introducing anatomically correct terms to children. A hundred percent. From when they can listen. Talk. So when, not even just when they can talk. Or, yeah, I listen, mean, just, yeah. Just for them to hear it because it's important for them to be able to, if, God forbid, something bad happens to them to be able to explain and to let people know what's going on right yeah no we did but, an episode about that because I, one of my friends is a therapist yeah. and she was like she told me about so many different court cases with children where they t- called their vagina a butterfly mm-hmm. or something just like a creature of some sort and they couldn't convict that person because they couldn't identify their body parts mm-hmm. and from then Correct. on I was yeah. like told, yeah. I was telling my daughter mm-hmm. like that is your vagina that is your mm-hmm. breast mm-hmm. like <laughs> no pee pee right no chee chee has anyone touched it lately yeah and, and mm-hmm. that too mm-hmm. like just asking questions casually yeah like says, did anyone touch your vagina today oh no okay cool let's go eat mm-hmm. like making it normal and not mm-hmm. like did someone touch you? Right. Would you tell me if they did? Mm-hmm. Like, scary. 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 You need masturbation. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Because then yeah. you're like, forever, you're scorned, like, oh, this is bad. I think yeah. that's probably half my masturbation issues. Like, I feel like it's naughty. And I'm like, I'm 30. It's <laughs> your body. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then you, like, wait till you're 30 to explore yourself and you're confused. Right. Well, unfortunately, America was started by people who were too prude for England. So, <laughs> you know, like, you kind of... You kind of look at like the people and and the way this country was was built and and the different social mores that have pushed this country along for all of these years where it's so interesting. Like I, I literally when when Jazz is breastfeeding or something like I'm like I want somebody to come complain about this shit because I don't want to fuck about that. But it's like we live in a society where sex will sell everything, but a woman is shamed for breastfeeding. Oh my god, it drives you know? me absolutely. And it's like products that don't even have nothing to do with sex. You know, it'll be someone that's half naked, but then at the same time, they shame you for your body or for sex. Right. You know, so it's like this crazy twisted idea that, you know, kids are sold sex, but then told that, you know, if they touch themselves or being, you know, if they just want to be naked, you know, that there's something that's horrible about it and that they should Mm -hmm. feel bad for who they are. Mm -hmm. So you having, because you have two two kids Mm -hmm. and how old are they? 17 and 14. 17 and 14. Mm-hmm. So you, did you start teaching teaching sex positive parenting from the beginning or is it something no. that happened much later? And then also how mm-hmm. do they deal with, or how do they, do they Interpret. embrace or mm-hmm. do they embrace your lifestyle? Was it a hard transition do for them? Do they even know or yeah. how do you avoid it? Because there's like social media and shit. So no, we don't avoid it. Um, we So we co-parent the girls. We've been co-parenting them since they were 12 and 8 and 12. And no, I didn't. I I started off um, very similar to the way that I was raised, which was, um, you know, no communication, very like strict and, um, you know, trying to avoid them ever having to like confront sex, which is ridiculous. And, you know, they just like you said, like masturbation. I was like, oh, my gosh, like my daughter is masturbating. But I, you know, 
I guess maybe as a therapist and as a child that that masturbated as well was able to say like this is not sex like she's not in there having sex she's self-soothing you know and a lot of adults can use self-soothing you know instead of always reaching out for other people to help them or or not soothing so it just became more of a of an issue like if you're going to do this just wash your hands like that's my biggest thing (laughs) I mean it seems yeah you know um like okay let's put some boundaries around what you're doing um don't do it in public and, and things like that so that was like my first like oh my gosh she's found her parts you know I was calling them silly names too in the beginning um, and then kind of moving forward, which kind of propelled me to be like, all right, you have to figure out how you're going to communicate with these girls about sex in a way that's not going to shame them. Because I was working through my own shame mm. around sex. And I'm like, you know, this is what everything, every challenge that you have as a woman as, and as a mother, even as a, a, a parent in general, when you're struggling, all you can think of is, I don't want my kid to struggle mm-hmm. with this. So um, thankfully for them, I was going through that exploration at the same time that they were discovering themselves. Um, my daughter, I found on the tablet, she'd been watching porn and she was 10. So that was something that was very different. You know, for us, we probably like stumbled upon porn mm-hmm. and, you know, I didn't realize that at 10 years old, you know, she would be like looking for porn or maybe stumbled upon it and then went Started down. Yeah. I thought like at that age, maybe she'd be like, oh my God, like this is disgusting. My computer's broke or something. Yeah. The first time I saw porn, I was about that age and I was yeah. totally intrigued Me too. and wanted to watch more. Me too. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? You know, so I had to have a conversation with her about that. And of course, you know, initially I was like, I was heartbroken. Like, what did she see? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. How did, how did happen? I, how did I let this, this happen, happen. Right. Um, and then it turns to a conversation about like porn is for people that are 18 and up so it's not like don't ever watch it it's disgusting it's bad it's when you're supposed to you can watch it just like everything else if you saw your kids looking at a bottle of beer you'd have to explain that you know right so um, I be- started to become more positive as you know as I started to learn more about myself as for them knowing what we do, um, that like like he mentioned, I was starting a business with pole dancing and fantasy flight parties and things like that when the girls were young. So they've been on this journey with me. You know, it's like, oh, you're doing a party. Well, what do you guys do at that party? So I told them enough that um, was appropriate for their age. We had a pole in the dining room. Um, you know, I'm learning new tricks to teach the ladies at my parties. Um, they knew I wasn't stripping at the time. And people weren't coming to the house getting lap dances. So, you know, it is what it is. I didn't want to, um, I, I didn't want to shame myself for enjoying pole dancing. And my daughter, who is a gymnast, would say, like, well, if you, like, tucked your hips under and tightened your core, you'd be able to hold that longer. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> okay. Right, you know? Um, so, like, little, you know, things like that. They've been along the journey. As far as them knowing what we do, they know. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to stumble across it. Um, they embrace it like you know I, I don't know how to explain it they're they're fine with it they love that we make money um, that's number one they love that we're happy you know nothing about their foundation is threatened by what we do social media is blocked on yeah. both kids yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, what, have any of their <clears throat> friends ever like have, have they come to you like my friend said da, 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 what like it yeah. like how how's that obstacle so um, it's happened 
in the beginning, well, once it's happened, and um, my daughter was like, oh, yeah, they found your Instagram page. And I was like, okay, good. So I got on Instagram, and I spoke to the children <laughs> that were following me, and maybe their parents as well. So I think when the kids saw that, like, oh, shit, like, we can't, like, her mom's bad. It's like, she's not going to let you shame her. And, um, you know, I just said, like, if you're looking at my sites, then you're doing something inappropriate, right. you know. Um, the kids will tell, like, so now they're, like, people will come, like, hey, like, I saw something about your mom. And so my daughter's kind of like, why? What's happening, yeah. you know? Um, and then they feel a little uncomfortable, like, oh, do I tell her? Um, and then my daughter will say things like, well, you know, that's an adult site, so you're not supposed to be on there. Right. So educating them how to have comebacks is, you know, they're fine in that way. I think my, my, the weirdest one was one time my niece and I had taken her out. Uh, to go shopping or something for school. She was like, a whole bunch of my friends follow you. <laughs> but at the time, she was in college, but it was still, she's odd. still a baby to me. Right. So I'm like, what you mean they follow me? What? <laughs> they need to not be following me. And she was like, I'm 19. They're in college. I'm like, yeah, well, tell them to stop following me. <laughs> tell them I said no. <laughs> you tell a 19-year-old not to do something, please. They don't do no, it more. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting just because most, most of our family, we're open and honest with them because we wouldn't want them to be like blindsided mm -hmm. by somebody. So I think it's very important to let them know like this is what's going on, this is what's happening, and so that, that, that way there. So did you have like yeah. a sit down with your family, or was it just more of like gradual, gradual mm -hmm. introduction? Very gradual. Um, and then with the girls, like I, I had decided a certain age kind of like all these things kind of happen like right around turning 30 that I want to be who I am mm -hmm. you know um that I'm their mother I will provide for them I love them um I'll do everything that I am supposed to do and more but I have to be who I am mm -hmm. and even if they don't like who I am like that's okay because when they become older they'll remember like they'll respect it they'll respect it and they'll be who they want to be as women you know, and that's fine with me. I may not like that either, but as long as, like, you're okay with it. And, you know, we talk about natural consequences with everything. Like, being in porn means that there are some natural consequences. You know, maybe you'll lose some respect from some people that you probably don't even care about, you know. Um, being in the adult industry has its perks, and it also has its drawbacks. There's certain things I have to tell my daughters, like, Block your page. I need to see everybody that is following you. We can't post where we are in the moment that we're at that place. Um, so it has its, its its drawbacks, but at the end of the day, they're seeing two people that love ourselves, and then we love each other. We have, you know, we're able to even show them a healthy relationship, which I know people who are not in the porn industry who can't offer that to their children. Right. I think we only have a few more questions, guys. I want to get you guys out of here because I know you got a baby. Um, but I just have a, I wanted to ask you, um, as far as the femdom and all that and everything in, in that world, or I'm so like stupid when I'm talking about this because I'm, I'm uneducated. Um, but are you, do you, are, do you consider yourself a dom or are you, I know you do. So then how does that work if you both are, or do you ever, are you ever submissive? No. <laughs> have you ever been? Never. Uh, I mean, I've put myself in in situations where I guess you can consider it. I don't know. It's it's hard to like. I'm not a submissive person. 
I've never been a submissive person. Always kept both middle fingers up to authority. That's but always you have how to I be think. a submissive person but, in your li- in like you have to be. But a- there are s- situations and circumstances. Like for example, with flogging, like I've been flogged before, but I didn't consider myself to be a submissive when I was getting flogged. I wanted to know how it felt so I could Better apply it on other people and know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Um, if I do something nice for Jasmine, you know oh what God. I mean? That's oh not God. being submissive. No. Oh, no, okay, I thought you were going to say it was. No, was like, oh no, 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 no. I, I think people's perceptions of what domination and submissive are, are are almost like as rigid as every other box that people try to put themselves into. So I'm not like, if we're at home and she's like, can you do this for me? I'm like, no, I'm a dominant. I'm not going to do that shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not like that, you know? Um, I, I also, I don't consider Jasmine to be a submissive at all either. We're equals. So we don't dominate each other. There are certain, like, I guess sometimes you will say you're a switch, but I don't really look at you as a switch, though. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, no, I do. Like, maybe situationally. Or if I say, like, you know, like, you make all the decisions today. But it's it's still very, like... I'm making a decision to allow that. right, um, and well, for work for professional purposes, sometimes I do switch just because I want to try something new. Like one of the cool things for me about being in the industry is that you like where else are you going to be able to like put a strap on on your foot and fuck somebody in the ass like <laughs> on your you, foot? Yeah, oh, see how like like, like this? Yeah. Really? <laughs> wow. Like you know, so uh, or wrestling and I you know those experiences just don't like pop up on my Facebook feed so (laughs) I some there are some um being tied up and tickled and um forced orgasm and things like that I've been able to do like fun shoots like that that require me to take on a submissive space even though I feel like cursing the whole time (laughs) um so that's why I usually say I'm more dominant, but I'll say that I'm a switch because I can be in those situations and have fun or explore them. But yeah, we don't we don't dominate each other. Like we just. Do you guys have any specific fetishes that you guys are into yeah. individually? Like, what are yours and what are yours? Is there anything you're not into? I mean, I guess there's some if you're not if you're not like submissive. There's probably certain things you're probably not down for. But yeah, but even those I may like them to do to other so people. Else, yeah. Right now, I think. Um, so it was edging for a while. Now it's definitely spitting. Yeah. yeah. Like in someone's mouth? Everywhere. All mm. over them. Mm. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and then edging. Can you explain what I know about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so edging is when you are withholding someone's orgasm. You know, so you're bringing them like just to a point mm. and not allowing them to have an orgasm. That's one of the forms of edging. For me, I think... Uh, my longest lasting fetish and it has not changed. Like it's just like ingrained in who I am. It's just I'm an exhibitionist. I love to be watched. It never fails. Like <laughs> someone's there watching, I'm extra turned on. By it. Um as of late, I mean I would say different forms of impact play have been more and more what I'm into. Like I got into flogging about three, four years ago and now I'm into whips. Can you so, tell us, um, for the listeners, what's flogging? Uh, flogging is everything. No. Flogging is, <laughs> flogging is um, an impact play that's done with 
can be material of any sort. It could be leather, it could be like elk, it could be plastic, uh, cord, but it's usually like tassels, like these right here. Oh. I, I bring them with me sometimes because people ask these questions. So it's, it's these kind of tassels and you work them about someone's body. So it can be light touches, it can yeah. be sensual yeah, touches. Can you pass those yeah, so <laughs> it can be light touches, <laughs> sensual <laughs> touches. Show your viewers. There you go. Mm, this is kind of heavy, like this chain. Nice. So this is so, what I see you whipping around in your videos. Yeah. Much bigger. <laughs> it, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm trying to bust this candle. Yeah, over. <laughs> Dangerous. Yeah. Wow. But um. Like heavy duty. So like the the impact, like if you like getting spanked, mm -hmm. like getting spanked. Yes. So it's it's similar to that, but each material is different. Each way that you hit someone is different. So it sends different sensations for the, through the body. I like doing it rhythmically. I'm, I'm a musician, so like the rhythm part of it is a big turn off for me. Watching what it does to a person's body, like how it changes their breathing or how it makes them move in different ways, like it's an extreme turn on because it's just like another way to please somebody. And for me, I think BDSM, I love it because as, as foreplay, it just extends everything. It makes everything longer. It makes everything psychological. So by the time you even get to edging or by the time you get to actually penetration penetration or climax, it's been built up so long and so strong that it just makes it that much more enjoyable and, and, and that much more explosive. So like with, with flogging to me, you get to explore somebody's body without even touching them. You know, oh, right. just you're yeah. using, solely using the tool. Mm -hmm. So now I've been learning how to use dragon tails, which are a different form of whip. It's kind of like a folded over fabric, kind of like if you imagine it gives you the same feel, but in a, I think in a more concentrated way than if someone snaps you with a towel. Mm. And so like I'm also learning how to throw a bull whip now and like different kinds of whips. Who knew there were so many levels to this? Yeah, yeah it's so interesting. And that's the other thing that I that I feel is um, sexy and romantic about it is, especially when you're doing it with your partner, it's like y'all are learning different things together. And mostly because both of us, like, Jazz is real nice with her hands. Like, it's beautiful to watch her. And, like, the hands, she, she can warm somebody up for me to then go even harder with a different kind of instrument. Or she takes to riding crops. And... So it's like we're learning different things that we then use together on people. So for any of our listeners who like are interested in just getting more in, just experimenting in any realm of, of this, what would be like, what's like the beginner's guide? <laughs> like what's like, yeah. how do you have, intro into have it? Have a fantasy flight party. Because <laughs> I, I tell everybody a fantasy flight party is the same as when you go on vacation. You know where you want to go. You're like, I want to go to Turks and Caicos. You don't fly your own plane. That's what we do. You're like, I want to learn how to flog. I want to experience being flogged. Or I want me and my friends to just have a party where we find out what our kinks and our fetishes are. That's where we come in. We, we're those, you know, we're the pilots. We get you there. You know, we set it up. We make sure that it happens in a way that's going to be safe and pleasurable. And non-judgment zone. None oh, whatsoever. Right. Or if you don't want to have it be a group, we do private fetish training one-on-one -on -one or for couples, couples. to Where be able to learn. Where do you email for these 
scheduled it. <laughs> you can do um, info at jetsettingjasmine.com or on any of our social media and we'll direct you based on what it is that you Come want. go down on us in our DMs. No, cool. go down on him. Go down on me. We'll definitely be going down in the DMs. Okay, I have one last question. It's one fine. last question just because you just had a baby and mm-hmm. I know when I had a baby, I know we have a lot of listeners that have children mm-hmm. or are pregnant or thinking about having kids. For me, when I was pregnant, I don't know about you, um, I wasn't horny at all. I didn't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And even after ha- having my kid, I think I think I was just I was definitely going through postpartum mm-hmm. and also I I wasn't comfortable in my body anymore and which definitely didn't make me feel comfortable having sex either. My partner didn't understand what I was going through. Um, how did you how did you feel when you were pregnant mm-hmm. as far as sexually? And then how now because you're only 8 weeks postpartum, mm-hmm. how are you transitioning back into sex? Are you having sex or do you have any recommendations for people that that are? Because I feel like I wish I would have had someone to explain what was going, going what was happening. Yeah. So, yeah, this is really fresh for me. Um, so in the beginning, I was sick the first three trimesters. So that, that was gross. Um, <laughs> the whole pregnancy, you were sick? No, the first. I mean, I, okay. I meant to say the first three months. Okay. Of my first I'm like trimester. three trimesters. No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> with, with all three children, the first trimester was um, horrible. Um, so we didn't have sex then because uh, I would literally like throw up after we had sex. <laughs> I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I know. I felt bad. Um, but we found other ways to connect with one another. I think that's probably the most important part. Like, even when I didn't feel, like, turned on or horny, I felt loved and I felt um, close. You know, just him either taking care of me or, like, when I was going through a lot of, like, hormonal shifts, he wouldn't feed into it. He just kind of, like, let it pass, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but still validating the craziness. But let it like let it pass. So that was important. Um, the second trimester is when we filmed our um, sacred Hell sex film yeah. that just won Effect on I saw that. Congratulations. Yes. Um, so that was fun and it was fun to do because we were trying to figure out like what positions to get into. And I think I was self-conscious of my body and like how, what do we do? And then we would start and then I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's a, no, no, that don't feel good anymore. And like, wait, you have a baby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun because it forces us to communicate um he had to do different things and it, you know so that in itself it's like if you don't go in with the expectation that you're going to be like smooth like butter and that you are going to stop a couple times you might laugh at each other um then you're going to go into having a good time and then towards the end I kind of felt like I felt big and uh, you know mm-hmm. it wasn't um, it wasn't quite the same. I did watch a lot of porn because you were traveling a lot. <laughs> By the way. Um, <laughs> you know, and the interesting thing is that I watched things that I wouldn't normally watch. That, uh-huh. <laughs> no, I told you, I was watching a lot of gangbang. <laughs> I don't know. And I, don't, I normally, like, nothing's wrong with them. It's just not, not my genre. And it was like I don't need now. I need to go and test and see if it still works now. I was gonna say, have you? Have you I, no, I haven't. That's your normal genre. Lesbian porn. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate lesbian porn. I love lesbian porn. <laughs> that was like me. Unless it's like tricky. I. It was like the first porn I ever watched, and I just still love it. Still does it. I yeah. used to like it, but now I'm like, oh, this is fake. <laughs> Don't ruin it for me. Sorry, sorry. I think it depends on who you watch. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you don't watch enough porn, really, girl. I've had enough really lesbian experiences, and I was like, 
<laughs> it's just well, well, for, well, for me, and I'll go back to the pregnancy thing. Lesbian porn is just um, it's softer, sensual. Yeah. It's more sensual. That's it. I mean, women we connect much faster with each other. Just not even sexually. Just you know, hey girl, right? And you know, um, we know how to be like instant best friends in the moment. So if that trans translates. You know, there's also like a lot of white girl porn, and it's like, oh, yeah. And I, I, I watch it on, yeah. I don't listen to the sound. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I mute it or I like play music because okay. I, I, audio will turn it off. Yeah, I'm like, okay, none of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was watching Silent Gangbangs um, <laughs> in the third trimester. And did they have closed caption on the silent? Oh, yeah. I just, U H U H U Bitch. That cock. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, the third trimester was a little bit more challenging. Um, yeah, it's like a couple times. Like, And then I wanted the baby to come out. So, you know. You're like, like, oh, my, let's do this. So, that wasn't super sensual. It was very functional. <laughs> and then, yes, we've had, we had sex like the day that I turned eight weeks. Like, eight weeks postpartum. And Today. actually it was was today the 19th so it was four days ago (laughs) yay and it was good (laughs) it was was really enjoyable um I am conscious of my body you know I'm not comfortable in it it just doesn't feel like I'm very I'm aware of why my body has changed that it's gonna take some time for it to go back into place and or maybe it will never go back to how it was, but I, my new normal, what I want it to be, um, it's going to take time to get there. But it doesn't mean that I'm comfortable. Like, you know, coming here, I was like, okay, is this baggy enough? And can I breastfeed in it? And, and can I sit, thank you, can I sit for a long time with these buttons and you know, all that kind of stuff? Um, I just put a postpartum project on my Instagram and website today. And it, t- it talks about all of those, like the, the shift mentally, physically. Um, and also doing a nude photo shoot, is it six weeks out? Yeah, it was six weeks in D.C. Yeah, when we were in D.C. Six weeks postpartum, no makeup, no filters, no touch-ups to the, just, this is what a, a 38-year-old woman's body looks like after having her third child after 14 years. And, you know, it's not so bad. Yeah. I bet, girl, I bet, because you look good. Thank you. You do. But I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I I think um, most women, I'm not, probably not Jamila, because she was like this small when she was pregnant and then like went like, like bounced back like five seconds. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. when, when I first had my baby, I was like, what is going on? Even yeah. sex. I was like, what is this? Ah! I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I All can't see that. my pussy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then even thinking like when I do get back down this size, like my breast sagged before. So like, are they going to be even more, you know, I had stretch marks and are they going to be even worse? So. All of those things, but I've never been turned down because of my body, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm like, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. And then for you, I have like pregnancy sex. What is that like for a man? Is that is it is it true that oh the pussy's God. tighter? Is it just, do do you feel the baby's head? Like obviously, <laughs> no. Wow. I know you don't, but you know yeah. people think people that think that. That would be wild, traumatic. He was like, stop <laughs> it. Fuck out of here. No, um... Or had you ever had pregnancy sex in porn? Like... Prior to Gazin? I hadn't had it in porn, but I had it in... Well, in life. Life. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. Mm. Um, 
And no, it wasn't his baby. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that real clear. Yeah, um, I think it was. It was. I'm, I'm Would you have up. been opposed if she wanted to have sex with somebody else while she was pregnant with your baby? Because that's a big man thing. Because you guys are so open, but like for a man. I you... shot. I didn't do any penetration. Okay. Yeah. Would but you have had a problem? That's her body for to make that choice. Okay. Um, and I was like, no. No way. <laughs> no, yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, for me, even even in the first trimester, she was like, oh, I'm sick and all this. You know, I was just like, but my baby's in there. <laughs> that shit is sexy as hell. Like, <laughs> you're like. When people say that pregnant glow, like I, I saw that in her the entire time. You know, it was just like I, I found her to be even more attractive. And even if we weren't having sex, it was just kind of like, oh, let me, let me, let me talk to you. Know what I mean? Let me touch you. Let me hold you. Let me. What do you want? What can I get you? Like I, I felt very much connected, and. Sex wise, like when, like especially, I mean, I think about the scene because it was, it wasn't like at home, you know, when you're at home, it's just kind of like, yo, let's get it in, let's do it, you know, how are you comfortable, where are you comfortable? Mm -hmm. But in the scene, it's like, well, where are you comfortable, how are you comfortable, and how are we gonna make it look good? Mm -hmm. A way that you're comfortable with it looking, because it was like, Jazz was like, I wanna show women uh, positions that, that they can do when they're pregnant. So, when we take the pictures, we need to do it from this angle so they could see where we're doing. You know what I mean? Like it was that aspect of it really made me made me appreciate just what a woman has to go through body wise in a situation we've had sex so many times or or shot so many times and any other time she'd be like, I don't give a fuck where the camera is. Like, let's get it. Right. You know? So it was like, I don't know. I, is is the pussy different? I, I mean, I felt that she was wetter all the time. Just natural body stuff is going on so that aspect of it but i don't know how to explain it it was just like a different kind of connection a deeper mm -hmm. kind of connection than i felt cool it's beautiful yeah it is no you guys are amazing thank you so much for for coming on and sharing your life a little snippet of your life with us i, I we have we had like a lot of questions coming in Oh my God, we have so many questions, and I feel like I feel enlightened. I feel super enlightened. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like my perspective has changed. Like, I'm not not to say that I was judgmental, but I didn't understand fully. I was intrigued by it, but I didn't fully understand how you balance your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it seems so normal. natural and yeah. normal. That it makes sense. I'm really excited for all of our listeners to hear. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. You. And definitely Thank make you. sure that they go to royalfetishxxx.com, jetsetandjasmine.com. And if they are going through certain things, then they need to go to Blue Pearl Therapy. Oh, it's bluepearltherapy.org. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, guys, um, that's it for tonight's episode. Make sure you also follow us at Good Moms Bad Choices. And we will see you next week. Oh, and we're going to outro out with Pink Noir's new song that you can find on Apple iTunes called Radiator. And we're out. Bye. She got a stylist, the letters, orange peel on Moretto. Sex appeal, feel, ballroom to the ghetto. Rose petal, yeah, but as sharp as the thorns. Queen John with the crown, she was born to perform. Kinky like Pinky, and she do films too. 
Hustle in a blur with a high IQ Set, be your sexual, keeps it professional Beauty intellectual, brain is exceptional That's a double entendre Shopping cart full of ropes, changing Excel condoms Conversation is foreplay Live shows online, swing on the doorway She worked that pole, twerk those hips Pop that pussy like she puckin' those lips Erotic touch was strippin' in the VIP And the best part is, if she leave with me, she's